As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Joe Beninati. You're listening to NBC Sports Washington's Capitals Face-Off Podcast. Here he is. Here's your host, J.J. Regan. Thank you, Joe. Welcome into another edition of NBC Sports Washington's Capitals Face-Off Podcast. I am your host, the Capitals correspondent, J.J. Regan. With me today, he's the Capitals insider. He is the Stevie to my Kenny Powers. He's Tark Elishir. Tark? You've used Kenny Powers before. Have I? Yeah, you're starting to get redundant now. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I've, you're I've you're, you're running out of material. I've lost track of, yeah. all, of all the ones I do. Anyway, what we will talk about today, we're going to talk about the struggles of returning from the bye week. We will hear my interview with Brett Connolly, and we will talk about the player the Cavs absolutely need more from. First, let's start with the bye week. The Cavs have lost three straight after the bye and are trying to get back on track. You may not think that a bye week would be a bad thing for a team's momentum, but Barry Trotz explained in practice why it's harder to return to the ice than you may think. Last couple of years with the breaks and that, you understand that it is, it's not just, hey, you know, you had a break, that you should be fresh, you go on the ice. Unless you've played the game, it, you, it, it's hard to explain to people. Uh, you're, you just you got to get it ramped up. You lose a little bit of that edge, a little bit of that, you know, the sharpness. You lose a little bit of everything, and then when it's over 20 guys, then, you you know, all of a sudden it, it's difficult. I, I think everybody likes routine. I think we're better with routine. Um, I think when you don't have that routine, you, you lose focus because it's, you know, you're like, okay, we don't play for five days, and you sort of shut it down a little bit. Not that you guys don't work or whatever, but you're, you lose that, 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 that whatever edge that, that you generally have. And, and uh, when you're playing every day, you're, you're in the mode, you know. Um, you know, the guys will, will tell you when you're playing every second day and, and you're fairly fresh, you know, it, the equipment doesn't feel like it's 40 pounds, you know. Uh, when you come off a break and you've been in the Bahamas for three days and you put the, the equipment on, it feels like it's 80 pounds, not, you know, 40. Tark, the Caps are struggling and have another break looming with the All-Star break. What do the Caps need to do to get back on track? You know, struggling, sure. Scuffling is probably a little more accurate, you know, given the fact that um, I, I do subscribe to the theory that it is harder to get back into the flow 
when you've missed so many games. And they did have that mispractice. I mean, it really was like trying to catch a speeding train while running down the tracks. I mean, it's, it's just it's not that easy. Um, I know fans, you know, think of that stuff as excuses, but it's it's reality. Um, you know, and as Trotz just said, there, it's like when you come back from a two-week vacation and you got a mountain of work on your on your desk waiting for you on that Monday morning. You might not get to it till after lunch. I mean, it, there's a lot of stuff that just kind of it, it's hard to, to to get right back up to speed. Um, and remember, they did gain two points in these losses, so sure they, they they are L's at the end of the day, but they're but they're O's too. You know, they're they're overtime losses. They gained a point um, in two of the three games. There were simply a breakdown, one shift into the the crapshoot known as a three on three overtime that gave the the opposing team a point. Um, not overly concerned, but there are some areas where they've got to get better. You know, specialty teams was was something that we've talked about coming, uh, going into the, the the bye week. That's something that still needs to get a little better, uh, a little more consistent. Uh, and and most importantly, I would say the, the big guns, um, with the exception of Alex Ovechkin, need to get going. I want to see a little more production from Backstrom. I want to see a lot more production from Kuznetsov and from Oshie. Uh, you know, these are guys who get a lot of time on the power play. They get a lot of time at even strength. They got to use that time more effectively and simply produce more. I think when people hear bye week, a lot of people think of the NFL, but the NHL's bye week is different in that these guys aren't playing hockey at all. Right. They don't have a week of practice before their next game. They are out. They are not on the ice. And the Capitals practice. They're prohibited by the CBA. There is a certain like hour when you can come back right. and start practicing. I think it was four o'clock. It was four o'clock. <laughs> and, and then it worked yeah. out that they had to cancel that practice. They had plane of travel. trouble. Sure. So and that affects the team a lot. Of the three losses. They didn't play great in any of them, but there was only really one bad game, and that was the game against Montreal. That was the only one where you watched and said, okay, this is a bad game. That was a clunker. I, I thought we saw more more effort and, and passion um, and, and focus in the Philadelphia game. Um, I hope, I know they hope, that that carries over after another little break here into the, the, the Florida game because um, – as Tom Wilson told us in the dressing room a little while ago, when you come back from the All-Star break, the three-day break, it's a sprint to the finish. Right. And, you know, the league gets more difficult every 20 games with 20-game increments. And, you know, the Caps are in, are in the Catbird seat right now, but those teams that are behind them aren't far behind them, and they're going to start feeling that level of desperation rise. And it's um, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to bring their level up as well. I think they will. Um, they've been good in the stretch run under Barry Trotz, and I don't think that's gonna change. All right, a little bit of a loaded question here. They they the Caps have struggled a little bit on offense, and there's been a lot of hand wringing over their offense, especially because of the shots. They have the fewest amount of shots in the league per game. Are the Capitals, are a lot of their players just on a cold streak, or is the offense regressing to the means that their shot and shot attempts show that they should be producing it? I, I think there's a little bit of um, both. I, I think they are regressing to the mean. I think they, they did overachieve to a certain extent uh, in the first uh first half of the season there were some guys with some off the charts uh, shooting percentages you knew that was going to come back down to earth a little bit um that said you don't need a huge volume of shots uh to, to score goals if you have more talent than other players and i think the capitals have that especially in their top six you can get away with and they have done by design they have stopped 
with just funneling pucks to the net in the hopes that something bounces off something and goes in. They are being more selective with their shots. That's something that goaltending uh, coach Scott Murray has brought to this group. That's something that he researched uh, through his career. And when he became goaltending coach, it's something that he has, he has shared in meetings and with players individually. And it's something that they are doing intentionally. I mean, like they, you never want to be last in anything. Right. But not getting 34 shots a game uh, is not what's holding their offense back right now. Um, and also, you know, if you look at the teams that are at the top of the charts and shots, they aren't very good. You know, the, the, the best teams are somewhere in the middle. Right. There are some bad teams at the bottom, too. But getting 35 shots a game does not correlate necessarily to, to, to goals. If you're the Capitals, you want your goals per game to be around that magic number of three per game. And I think right now, if memory serves, they're 2.98. I think they're 11th in the league, so they're right there. Right. If they can just get that to three, I think they'll be in good shape. Interesting stuff there. We're going to hear a quick word from our sponsor, and when we return, we will listen to the conversation I had with Brett Connolly. I am here with Brett Connolly. Brett, you are one of the hottest scorers on this team right now with five goals in the last ten games, including two late game-tying goals. I imagine your player playing with a lot of confidence right now. How does that help uh, as a goal scorer? Uh, I think for... For um, anybody who you know is trying to create offense, I think um, when you're confident, you're feeling good about your game, and you're not thinking. I think that's when you kind of get on a roll. And um, you, you ask anybody when you're confident, you're playing with uh, boys, and um, you're hanging onto the pucks and making good plays. Um, you know, it definitely makes it a lot easier when you're when you're confident for sure. You're also playing with the other hottest shooter on the team, and Lars Eller. Have you seen him elevate his game lately? I think he's just, uh, you know, he's a he's a he's a guy who works extremely hard and um, he's passionate about you know the way he plays and um, when he's not playing well he does whatever it takes to you know get his game back going. So he's he's playing really well right now and um, you know he's definitely a guy who's who's helped me and um, you know we've we've gained some pretty good chemistry. Um, just knowing where each other are on the ice so you know he's uh, he's been playing really well in the last month and a half and we're just looking to keep going and keep have that good feeling and hopefully we can uh, ride this out as long as uh, as long as we can let's go back to when you first came to dc you came in traded by tampa not qualified by boston what was your mindset when you signed with washington for that season i just think coming in here and just proving myself and trying to have a good season like every year i think you kind of you know, have the same mindset every year. You want to, you want to have a good year. You want to create offense. You want to score, especially for myself. So, just kind of came in here and worked hard, and you know, did what the coaches um, told me. And you know, I was patient. It wasn't, didn't happen right away for me. Uh, just tr- tried to stick with it and work hard every day. And you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, have some good stretches of of uh, good play last year during the season. So, um, you know, it's been a good fit for me so far here, and I'm looking to just keep going and keep doing what I've been doing. And, Everything else will take care of itself. One thing you talked about a little bit last week when you started this hot streak was that sometimes it takes players a little bit longer to adjust to the NHL to get to become NHL players. What was it that you struggled with when you first came in the league that you need to needed to adjust uh, and you, that you've done now? Uh, I came in at 19, so I think uh, I think just maturity. I think I. Uh, you get a little bigger, stronger. You get a little more comfortable with the league. Um, 
you know, I think you, you, you just want to try and find your niche with the team and find your role. I think if you can, I think in Tampa, kind of, we had so many good players. And then, you know, I was kind of a guy that was kind of expendable. They could uh, afford to, you know, give me away. And then, for whatever reason, Boston just didn't have other plans. And you know, I came here and just felt really comfortable right away. Um, you know, I think my game you know really picked up last year kind of on its way to you know where I know that I can play and you know it's just a matter of sticking with it and um, you know sometimes it doesn't happen right away I've there's a lot of guys who it takes a little bit of time and it's taken me a little bit of time to kind of find my role on a team and um, you know a couple three teams later I'm here and you know I've, I feel like I'm a good fit here and I'm having a lot of fun playing and I've kind of just relaxed out there and playing and playing comfortable and it makes it a lot easier for sure. Right before this recent hot streak, you were actually supposed to be a healthy scratch. Then Andre Burkowski got sick, and you ended up staying in the lineup. Did uh, you know? There's a lot of roster competition in the bottom six right now. Did knowing that you were about to be a healthy scratch sort of motivate you to push your play a little bit? Uh, I don't think so. I think even before that, I was scoring. So uh, I think it was just a, a coach's decision. There was a rotation going on, and. I think the first when I got when I was scratched earlier in the year, after I got back from my concussion, I think that's kind of when I I knew that I needed to figure my game out and get it going a little bit. And you know, you really try and focus on your little details and bearing down on your scoring chances. I think that was kind of the scratch that kind of motivated me a little bit. But I think the lot that the one you were talking about just it's kind of a rotational thing. I don't think it was anything wrong with the way I was playing. I think it was just. Uh, coach's decision and then that certain night he decided to you know Berkey was coming back and he wanted to get him in the lineup so it's just uh, one of those things for sure three straight losses out of the bye now you got the all-star break looming what does the team need to do to get out of this funk and what does the team need to do better out of the next break well, I think we just need to get back to playing the way you know you can play uh, playing with confidence um, I think it was good to get a couple good hard practices before the next game I think we've We've gone long periods of time here without practices. We've been having the break and then back-to-backs, a lot of morning skates only. And, you know, it's nice to have a full practice, a couple full practices here before the one game and then the break. But I think we just need to, you know, maybe look after ourselves a little bit here in the break. We've already, we just got off a break. So, you know, you just look after yourself and try and be as ready as possible when we get back and, you know, heal any injuries that guys have. and get ready for the final push here it's going to be tight right to the end we know that it's going to be a fight um, a lot of teams are playing good hockey in our division right now so we're going to need to uh, definitely uh, you know play play better than we played uh, the last three but you know kind of get back to where we were before that that's Brett Conley thanks for hopping on thank you big thanks to Brett Conley for hopping on the podcast Tarek what have your thoughts been on Brett Conley's season so far um, I'm always amazed with guys like Brett Conley who don't play a lot of time on specialty teams. You know, I mean, he's on the second unit power play, but that doesn't get out there that much. Not out there on the PK. So he's on the bench for long stretches. But he still manages to be Johnny on the spot. When that puck is on his stick and he's in the middle of the ice, that puck is probably going in the net. He's going to get one good chance per game, and he's going to score, what, once every four games or so? So, I mean, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good spot for him. I mean, he's kind of found his role... Um, you know, I, I think that 
Uh, he came into the season. He told me at the outset of the season that he wanted to get to that twenty goal plateau, which you know is the kind of the, the separator between good forwards and kind of everyone else. If you can get to twenty, you're you're, you're good. You get to twenty eight, you're very good. You get to the thirty, you're you know and above, you're you're an elite player in this league. And if he can get to twenty goals, and he's definitely on pace for that. Um, you know the Capitals found themselves a diamond in the rough when they, you know, found him on the reclamation pile. You know, I mean, he was basically told by the Boston Bruins, "Thanks, but no thanks." Yep. Not even offered a qualifying. Not offer. offered a That's qualifying crazy. offer, which which is um, something they they are going they they probably regret right now. Right. I mean, didn't play a whole lot last year. Was in and out of the lineup. Uh, still ended up with 15 goals. Uh, this season had a concussion, you know, and you, I think he said it was the first one of his career, so it took him a little while to kind of find his find his legs again. And look at him now. I mean, he's he's um, you know, when I look at the guys who are kind of carrying this team, it's not the guys you would think. I mean, Eller has been help, helping this team more than you would have expected. Connolly is, um, you know, Tom Wilson earlier earlier on in the season was, uh, you know, Vetchkin's having uh, you know a, a huge year. If they can just get those other, if they can just get those other big guys, you know, Oshies and Kuznetsovs and uh, Backstroms, and Backstroms having a decent year, but you know, th- there's more there. You can get those For guys, sure. yeah. you can get those guys involved and get them contributing on a on a consistent basis, and you keep the Connollys of the world chipping in every four games. Pretty good team. All right, Tyreek, we're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to talk about the player that the Cavs absolutely need more from. Welcome back. Tark, we've talked a lot about players like Andre Burakovsky and Jacob Vrana who are struggling of late, but there's one player the team absolutely needs more from, and that player is Evgeny Kuznetsov. He may have four points in the last six games, but it feels like he's had a minimal impact in those games, and for a player with his skill, he can absolutely take over a game. Doesn't feel like he's done that of late. Considering how important he is to the team, don't the Caps need more from him? Absolutely. Uh, it's funny also to listen to Barry Trotz. You can tell he's he's trying to tell him that when we ask him questions about 92 struggling uh, without really going hard after him. And it's funny, coaches, especially coaches like Barry who've been around for a long time and have had a lot of success for a long time, they kind of know how everyone has to be handled differently. And I wonder if Kuznetsov is one of those guys who doesn't take – criticism very well or doesn't like to hear it in the press because he's been very Trotz has been very careful not to criticize him the way maybe he would go after someone else right um but they absolutely have to get more he's got one goal in the last 12 games and like you said you know he's got uh you know four assists in the last six but I don't remember him (laughs) like like it's not like he's having uh the the kind of impact that the fact he's the when he wants to be he's the fastest player on the ice either team He's got the best hands of anyone on either team, right. the best vision of anyone on either team. And when he doesn't play with that focus and desire, he's you know, he's just a good player who you know, just isn't quite living up to um, uh, what he's capable of. And then there's nothing more frustrating as a teammate or as a coach than, you know, the guys they love are guys like Connolly, mm-hmm. guys who are maximizing. I know he was a for- former first-round pick, but, you know, given his body of work, he's maximizing what he's given in terms of ice, ice time, in terms of role on the team. And then you got guys who get a lot of minutes, and, and sometimes they go through these dry spells, and there's nothing more frustrating because we know what a dialed-in koozie can do. Right. And if they can somehow figure a way to get a full 82 games out of a player that's got his otherworldly type talent, 
You're talking about a guy who can put up 115 points. Yeah, absolutely. He can be an Art Ross guy. I, I don't know if he's ever gonna gonna um, you know be a Richard Trophy guy. Maybe I don't. know. He's got a great shot. I don't know if you're ever gonna get because he just loves to pass. But you're talking about a guy who could put up 30 goals and 80 assists because he's got the talent around him to set up. But he goes through these dozen game, you know, lulls where there just isn't a whole lot there. And it, look, like anyone, and people forget this because you, you know we're kind of in our kind of nine to five, day to day jobs. Everyone goes, oh, pro athletes. They're just they're humans like everyone else. They get bored. They go through stretches where they don't feel great. Other things are going on. I don't know what's going on there, but. They've some, maybe he's kind of pacing himself, knowing that the stretch run begins on the other side of the All-Star break, and that's where things really start to matter. But um, if someone can figure out how to get him engaged on a night-to-night basis, you're talking about a guy who could be an MVP in this league. Absolutely. We're, this is a guy with four points in his last six games, and we're calling it a slump. That's his level of talent. Yeah. And you, you said it right. He may have four points in his last six games, but you haven't noticed him. It's almost effortless the way he can affect the game. And so the fact that he he's had minimal impact in the last few games, that, that's not good enough. The Caps need absolutely need more from him. This is an MVP caliber player. We haven't seen it yet this year. We've seen it in spurts in the past, but we haven't seen it consistently. And for the Caps to get to where they want to go this year, he needs to be that MVP caliber it, it, player. It's also crazy that we're having this discussion about the guy who's second on the team in points right. of the first place team in the hardest division. Right. <laughs> that just again speaks to how much he is capable of doing. Right. So yeah, I know some you know Kuznetsov fans are probably out there going, ah, they're riding him hard. He, you know, he's, he's playing okay right now. You know what? When when you are DSP or you're Alex Chason or you know you're one of these other kind of role players, you can kind of have these you know um, uh, dry spells or you, you, you know the expectations just aren't what they are for this guy. Right. And like I said, there is nothing more frustrating to a coach and to a teammate and to a general manager and to an owner and probably to some fans out there than when you go, that guy right there should be controlling the ice every single game and sometimes it looks like he's not there. Right. Sometimes he's not fully engaged because everyone has seen it. it you know, it, it's funny, just a little story. You know, I, I do this with, with my own kid. You know, when, when he has like a couple of bad games or he has a really good game, I should say, I'll tell him. I'll be like, you know what? You screwed up today. And he's like, what do you mean? I had two goals and an assist. You screwed up because now I saw what you can do when you're good. So when you have these floaty games over the weekend, now I'm going to be able to compare the two. And I'm going to wonder what happened between that guy and that guy. And I'm sure that's, you know, on a much smaller scale, that's probably what goes through Trotz's head is, I know what you can do when you're on your game. How come it's not there every night? So... If you want to hear your question read and answered on the next podcast, you can send it into capitalsfaceoff at gmail.com. The next podcast is a mailback podcast, so be sure to get those questions in. If you like the podcast, you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are available, and be sure to give us a good rating and review. Those things really do matter to help spread the word about the show. We say it every week, but... If you're listening to us right now and you haven't rated us, you haven't subscribed, you haven't uh, given us a review, just take the time to do it. It really does help us out. That's it for today. Enjoy the all-star break, everyone. For Target Bashir, this is JJ Regan. Now let's get the puck out of here. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate. 
Or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.